0: Hello and welcome back to CMO Combo, the CMO Alliance podcast that digs into important conversations about marketing with leading marketers and CMOs. Today we're speaking to Esther Raphael, CMO of Intersection. We're talking about how consumer behaviors have changed due to the pandemic and how emerging technologies can respond as life returns to the world's cities. Hi Esther, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, good, how are you?
0: I'm, I'm all right i suppose it's very hot in the uk today like it's world like record-breaking temperatures for the uk so i'm surviving as best i can but i'm I'm not too hot to have this conversation today i'm quite excited
1: (laughs) i feel you it's been quite hot here as well but i'd rather i I, i'm jealous that you're in the uk i'd love to spend some of my hot weather out by you one
0: day i I, I can barely go outside but anyway um but speaking of how people are spending their free time that's kind of what we're here to talk about today we're talking about Consumers returning to cities, returning to urban life in um, a post-pandemic world, which has got to be on like the forefront of a lot of people's minds, particularly um, in the UK and the US, where a lot of like the pandemic restrictions are being lifted. Um, in the UK, yesterday um, we had Freedom Day, where we lifted all the restrictions, which is a good and bad thing. I don't know, like a little bit worrying, a little bit exciting. We'll have to see what happens. Um, wow! But it, but it, it makes the. Yeah, it makes it, it makes it for a very poignant conversation for us to be having uh, today uh-huh. um, but before we get down to that Esther it' uh, make sense for you to introduce yourself to our audience uh, go into a bit of your professional background and what your current CMO role is
1: Sure so hi everyone I'm excited to be having this chat today and have getting to spend some time with will uh, my name is Esther Raphael I'm the CMO of intersection uh, based in the United States and intersection is an atofho media and technology company. We have advertising products in cities, transit systems, airports, and key destinations so that brands can speak directly to consumers as they go about their daily journey. So very appropriate to think about timing now, time to freedom day. But what that consumer journey is today is, is different in some ways than what it was in 2019. Um, and I, I know we're going to talk a lot about that. So I'm looking forward to delving in.
0: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. Um, so- when, when you're approaching your, your role as a CMO, do you have like a particular philosophy in mind of, not, of like how you develop marketing strategies, how you develop like your team, even like is there, is there something that you do you approach it in a specific way? Oh, well,
1: will you you know, you and I've had a chat in our in our pre our pre call. Um, I'm a new CMO, so I stepped into this role in September of 2020, so in the thick of the pandemic. Um, and my my philosophy about any role I've ever been in is to be fearless. And often easier said than done, but that's how I'm approaching this one too. Try new things. I, I just heard this 60 second clip of Gary Vaynerchuk on TikTok actually talking about something very similar to how he approaches marketing and the success versus failure ratio and how he's totally okay having 98 successes and like 95 failures, right? As long as your successes are higher than your failures, like keep going. And that's kind of been my my method to my madness. Like, let's try everything. Let's see what we could do that will be magic. And that's the only way you figure it out.
0: I suppose that's what's needed in the current circumstances, particularly in the industry that you're in with out-of-home advertising. Like we are in sort of uncharted waters. It's complete like retail and, center of cities and the high street were already struggling before the pandemic and now it's a critical mass pr- pretty much like are people going to be going back to stores are they going to be back- going back to cities or has the pandemic changed how consumers consume for lack of a better word
1: i mean i for those of us who live in cities we know that People never left them, right? So even though your journey, and I, I know, I none of us want to remember the thick of 2020. So we'll touch on that quickly, and we'll talk more about where we're going. But yeah. you know, we might have had different journeys. We weren't going to the office. We weren't necessarily going uh, to go visit our friends and have a party. But it didn't change the fact that we were out and about in cities. In fact, in many cases, being outside of your home was one of the few moments of your day that you felt happy. You felt released from the four walls that now you were spent spending like I remember in the very beginning spending so many hours in my bedroom which had now become like where my office was where I ate my lunch where I slept it was like a little room that I spent my entire day in It was such a different feeling and when i was happiest was when i went for my walk i went outside i got a breath of fresh air and you started to see consumers saying that that they felt happiest more engaged than ever before when they got to go outside and not only that there were moments where and and i can't speak on on whether or not it is safer out of home but people feel safer out of home Uh, So there was moments where you saw people living their lives in a completely different way outside their home. So no one left cities. You were still doing errands. You were still going shopping. You were still taking walks, working out, curbside delivery. And in many places, I know not in the UK for a while, outdoor dining. So definitely taking to living your life outside. As you fast forward, I, I would like to believe we are now in a period that I would like to think is revenge. So every moment that we have missed, you're gonna get to relive for the first time. So you're gonna get to hug your parents for the first time, go to a restaurant, get on a plane, go to a concert. My friend just sent me a video of them seeing Christina Aguilera. I guess she was playing in California. Like acknowledging what that feels like, how that felt the first time to go to a live um, musical performance and how different and amazing it feels. So you have a chance to relive all your favorite moments one time. And I know I've made a commitment to myself to relive them with gratitude and appreciation and to do them better. And I think that that's what experts are saying we're all going to do. And that's this concept of of having post-COVID revenge. So when you look up what revenge means in the dictionary, one of the descriptions is demanding satisfaction. And I think that that's the the piece, the definition of revenge that we're all looking for, the satisfaction for the things that we have missed greatly. So if everyone is trying to get revenge, all of a sudden, you see this boom in shopping, in activities, in concerts, in, in all sorts of entertainment. In fact, there are some interesting stats about how people plan to spend their money, exact their revenge. According to a recent Harris poll, consumers are indicating that their top plan purchases are for shoes, smartphones, going out clothes, concert tickets, and sporting events. So there's obviously a theme there. And it continues with another study by McKinsey, which is linking vaccination with a higher spend intent, particularly for out-of-home activities such as restaurants, entertainment, and travel. So that theme continues in every piece of research that's coming out right now about how consumer behavior will change, again, all tied to this revenge concept. And then there's that, that piece of it, if you take it all the way to travel, revenge travel, and how that has a potential to completely revive tourism, consumer behaviors are definitely going to be pointing towards spending and Getting outside their home and getting back to all the things that
0: they missed most. So, but are, are they going to be doing that spending in the same way that they did previously? Like, are are people actually going to be? I mean, numbers of people actually going into stores to buy things had dropped massively even before the pandemic. Is is this revenge spending going to be a resurgence of the the high street of retail in in the center of cities, or is it people just going to continue with um, ordering online? Like, is it is it all? is all retail going to be done online now
1: I don't shop that way so <laughs> i you're going to see people spending either online or in store i'm i'm someone who still wants to go in store i've been thinking a lot about consumer behaviors and of course you put your own feelings into it as well and how you want life to come back but when you think about the different senses that we've all used during COVID, there's one that we didn't get to do, which is touch, right? Touch going into a store and like touching every little trinket in your in your travels um, or trying something on. For a while, stores were open, but you couldn't try anything on. That's a big piece of a shopping experience that will drive people back in stores. Maybe not today, but definitely 2.0 as can things continue to have a positive turn.
0: So like that kind of like tactile experience. I suppose experience is a good thing to think about in terms of like what people want in the post-pandemic world. Like, is experiential shopping gonna be the 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 big step? Like I, I I was reading an article today about how um fashion retail are looking into developing developing stores into sort of like community hubs. So it's not just a retail experience you're getting there, you're getting something extra, you're getting some added value by being in store that you wouldn't get from being in uh, shopping online. Like, is that a big step that you, that you see happening in the, the next few years as a, result, as a response to the pandemic?
1: I see that happening, but it also started pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. So when you think about what brands were doing to get people in store, it was trying to create more of an immersive experience. And I, they're gonna have to double down on that to get people to continue back in store. But also there's this thought around exclusivity And if everyone wants everything and everyone can get whatever they want now, right? You could have whatever experience you want. You can all go to the same restaurant. You can all go to the same concert. How do brands differentiate themselves and maybe create moments that are different. For a while, right post pandemic, you saw a bunch of luxury brands delete their social media. And there was talk about the why. Why would you delete your social media when you have millions of followers? There's a trend possibly that we can watch out for of brands wanting to offer true exclusivity. Not everyone can see what we're doing. Not everyone can have what we're doing. Our true customers, our true loyal fans can be a part of something that everyone else cannot. So yes, I do believe that retailers will continue to create immersive experiences, not only retailers, but brands, things that drive you closer, bring you in, make you more attached to to the brands or the product and that goes back to that revenge moment if you have all these consumers looking to spend looking to have experiences looking to have shared moments how do you grab them anyone can have them how are you going to be the brand that gets them and that's going to be through offering something different and then there's also that trend to watch of what luxury brands do with exclusivity how do you differentiate yourself how do you make yourself different and maybe not accessible to all
0: i suppose i think this is sort of like extra I don't want to say barrier but extra step in a purchasing journey like it adds it adds a narrative to it uh, it adds a story to it, like how you got that item where you went and got that item from where you where you found like that perfect coat that perfect set pair of shoes and i think that sort of ties into a lot of what what a lot of the consumer insights are saying about millennials and gen z that they, they're all about building their personal brand their personal narrative and communicating that in their own social media channels so basically Adding the story and then creating advocates who want to tell that story to other people. Um, is there is there a way that CMOS can encourage that uh, that attitude? Like what 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 strategies can a CMO make to like help build that story with their consumers?
1: I am so fascinated. I love that you brought this up. I'm so fascinated with what Gen Z is doing. <laughs> I have been. Uh, first of all, I feel like I should have been born a few years later so I could participate in this in this moment. You're on TikTok. <laughs> You're on TikTok. You can be I, am, I am on TikTok. I'm watching what everyone is doing. And what I find so interesting that speaks exactly to your point is that this generation is creating brands for themselves. Exactly what you said. When you look at some of these famous TikTokers, Addison Rae, for example, she's a brand She's far past a brand. She's a business. Uh, and why people are looking to this group of people as influencers, as opposed to who we thought as influencers when I was growing up. Right? When I was growing up, you were looking to like pop stars, movie stars. This generation is looking to people who have created their own brands, telling you about their day. And, I, and the reason behind that is the authenticity of it all. Addison Ray is a person. She's a person just like Bryce Hall is and all of these other TikTokers who want to let you into their life. And you, as a viewer, find it fascinating. You find it interesting because it's true. It's not the glitz and glam of Hollywood that I was accustomed to watching. This is someone's real life, the good, the bad, the ugly. And generations of people are watching what these influencers or the new influencer are doing and I find this whole moment incredibly interesting there is a lot for brands to learn about that and it's that desire for something authentic it's the desire to say I no longer want this like fake fluffy version of a person or a thing to look up to I want something real and a brand is going to have to create a very similar authentic experience with a consumer especially a Gen -er, to attract them
0: authenticity is a a very good word because it's it's quite well documented how how uh, to some extent millennials sort of start the trend but gen gen z they're very driven by the values of a brand when it comes to their purchasing decisions they're very driven by what what values they sound what brand stands for and they've got they've got to be authentic with it. they've got to practice what they preach like you, you can't get away with just changing your logo to like a pride flag during pride month like you have to You have to stand by those values all year round. What responsibility do CMOs have in sort of driving those values, building those values? Because that's got to be something that all Gen Z targeted brands have got to be focusing on.
1: As the CMO, I think your responsibility is to make sure you as a brand are being authentic. So it's very easy to do exactly what you just said, change your logo, change your logo every month for whatever initiative is important that month. That is not authentic. So as the CMO, it's your role to put your foot down and say that is people are going to see right through that. We're, we're not actually doing right by our consumers or doing right by anyone by putting out something that isn't true to who we are. So pick your causes, hold firm on them and promote what's real, what's real to you, you as a brand and for what you're offering.
0: Yeah, I suppose real kind of ties together everything that we're talking about. It's these real experiences, these real authenticity. Is that something that has been spurred by people sort of like waking up overnight over the pandemic? Or was it a trend that we were moving towards already and the pandemic just sort of like sped up this process?
1: During the pandemic, you definitely saw brands wanting to do better. So, you saw a lot of advertising and a lot of messaging on TV or in any media format that you were looking at, especially in Out of Home, for brands who were promoting access to vaccines, for brands who were giving back in a real kind of way. One of the Out of Home campaigns that strikes me, and I, I just will, it's such beautiful creative, I will not forget it, is the Dove campaign that ran, of course, including on Intersection and Out of Home, where they showed all of these essential workers, specifically in the medical field with what their faces looked like when they took their PPE off and just thanking them. These moments of respect and wanting to do right by the people who were helping us get out of the pandemic but also by the people affected by it. So that piece of it obviously is exclusive to the pandemic. I think it kickstarted this continuation of what people were doing before you always want to do right you always want to do good by the environment by the people who support your products for important causes but we just spent a year and a half seeing and living through a very very challenging period for people And when you come out on the other side of that do you want to come out better do you want to come out touched by something i do Brands are going to think differently about how they speak to people, what they speak about, and what causes that they support. And that's what people want to see. All goes back to the, the theme of real, which wasn't even what we planned on talking about today, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> being authentic, being real, doing right.
0: But I, I think that it ties into, I mean, we were talking about consumer behaviors, and if consumer behaviors are attracted to these kinds of experiences, this open communication between brands and consumers i think it's, it's an important topic we've got to cover and speaking of that conversation what channels are brands going to be able to speak to consumers in this new post-pandemic world like what what technologies are coming out that are going to allow brands to have these sort of like two-way conversations like you talk about tiktok and these sort of like authentic like they, they, the videos are very unfiltered and they're a very authentic way of like having that conversation like are there other channels are there are other technologies that are going to enable that kind of thing in the future
1: well the qr code definitely has made a huge comeback oh, and oh yeah yeah it, right and it is allowing you to have again it, it, this was the goal of it in whenever it started 1990 something fill in the blank but it's made a real difference today with everyone embracing it in a different kind of way because now you see ads also, on out of home in a big way that have QR codes on them that allow you to experience the brand in a different kind of way. So, in many ways, you're seeing augmented reality off of a QR code. You're seeing the ability to purchase right off of the street. If I'm walking past Link NYC in New York and I see an ad that is a QR code with the ability for me to buy that product right away that's a new way to interact with a brand. And it's it's new because we are accepting of it now. It never quite got the take that it wanted in 1990, whatever year that was. But today we've all accepted it. When I go to a restaurant and they don't have a QR code, I am bothered beyond. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you want me to touch your dirty menu that everyone touches? Where's the QR code? Now we all not only expect it, we want it. So that's a very easy and not super technologically heavy thing that a brand can put on and ad in any media format to engage and have a second moment of interaction.
0: And it's a lot more seamless as well than because uh, we went through that period where it seemed like every brand had to have an app. Like it doesn't matter what you're selling, like <laughs> you have to <laughs> have an app. Yeah. You know? um, but a QR code, it's seamless. No, you don't have to download anything for that. Like you don't like like that, that you're saying like it's annoying when they don't have a QR code I'm annoyed when I had to go somewhere and I had to I have to download an app to be able to purchase stuff right. like, <laughs> just let me use a QR code and go boom there's the menu on the on my phone do you
1: remember when for QR codes we needed to download an app and that's why no one would do it at least yeah. now
0: our phone completely pointless so that yeah but there's there's one bright spot from the pandemic it's it's saved the QR business save like. the QR
1: code
0: that's right <laughs> um it, it all went to reality you mentioned as well I think that's gonna be that's gotta be something that's gonna be interesting. That, again, that kind of stuff was a bit of a thing before the pandemic where we t- people were talking about it as being like the next big step sort of, particularly when it came to like wearable, like augmented reality, like the Google, Google Glass and stuff like that. Is that gonna see a resurgence as they Glass are?
1: glasses. Yeah, like, oh
0: God, yeah. Let's not talk about that. That's the big failure, but Google Glass looks really cool. No, those did look
1: really cool. I don't think you necessarily need that anymore. And I I am not an expert in this, but you can use a QR code to create augmented reality experiences that are just as cool as that without requiring you to wear a device. So... A friend of mine, actually, he owns this innovation agency and he did, I think it was for the MTV Music Awards and a fast food brand. It's called Coffee Labs, but I'm forgetting the brands he did it for. Right off the commercial in the Music Awards, you were able to scan and a rapper was in your bedroom or wherever you were. In my case, as we all know already now, my office, my kitchen, my whatever is now in my bedroom. Uh, The rapper from the commercial is in my room singing to me, no glasses required
0: wow and and I suppose that, that has really really interesting applications for like for retail for um, for pretty much any kind of out of home experience that like you could enhance it with some kind of um, AR capabilities that like you could go into yeah you could like put together an outfit um, in a store or something and use like AR to put them all together and actually like, like, like Clueless where she's going through the the screen and matching the outfits up. I always thought that was a very cool moment, but you could actually do that in store with AR experiences if if the technology allows.
1: We have that going on right now on our LinkNYC screens. We have Comcast Xfinity for the Olympics with QR codes where they brings the athletes to life. So there really is so much you can do, especially in out of home to again, transfer that moment to a secondary experience. And
0: I suppose the technology for, for billboards as well is improving massively. Um, there's that. Um, I think in Tok- Tokyo they just really they just put up their big, first big 3D um, billboard um, on Shibuya Crossing, and they had a giant cat there for a few days. It was quite adorable. But yeah, completely 3D with no glasses required. Like so, these kinds of experiences. You can't have just looking through a screen, like I wouldn't be able to get that full experience of seeing the 3D cat, seeing right. it on Instagram. You have to go to that place and actually experience that. So it's a way of like marketing activations can actually drive people to go out and experience them. Um, and is that, do you think that's gotta be an important role for CMOs um, like experience marketing experiences, not just like retail experiences, but marketing experiences?
1: We've done, Some really amazing executions on our out of home, not only on our out of home assets, not only in digital. I'm going to give you some some interesting ones that definitely created people like completely stop and create social moments out of it. But in Chicago, we have these headhouses, which are kind of like entry points to the subway, and on top of them, we're able to put props on many of them. We have done two. Couple executions that are so fascinating. One was we put a new Range Rover, like full-size vehicle before it launched on top of them, which people loved. We've done mechanical props. So Mike's Hard Lemonade, having rotating lemons moving on top. For seamless, we did sushi with chopsticks, like moving all over the headhouse. So think about these life-size experiences that you would never be able to do on any other medium. And then also in Chicago, we have done a complete takeover of a subway station turned it into an ice cream parlor for Blue Bunny. So out of home gives you such a beautiful creative platform to use, right? You can talk about that 3D billboard, which now I'm gonna have to Google, learn something new every day. You could do something on our digital screens that uses the innovation, the same technology that you would online. So you could have the same experience, you can day part, you can hyper target, but then also you have the biggest creative canvas you could ever ask for, to do something for your brand that is more than likely going to create social buzz because you have these lemons spinning around on top of the street (laughs) corner, Um, or you're doing something really powerful like creating, moments where Olympic athletes get to come into your home through QR QR codes. So we've noticed that during the pandemic, one of the things that people, that brands wanted from out-of-home vendors, specifically Intersection, was the ability to help them with their creative. When you think about the out-of-home platform, there's so many different media formats, so they're all different sizes and there's all these different possible executions it's a lot so we launched our first in-house creative agency it's called creative labs so we are able to now help brands with that and help them ideate execute we design all the way from a to z that's been a, a wonderful thing that also came out of the pandemic this realization that there's so much to do. There's so much to create. How could we create that extra layer for brands where we can actually help you not only take your creative and run it across our beautiful network, but help you bring it to life, life help you ideate, help you execute. So that's our newest piece of the pie. Yep.
0: Awesome. So I suppose a big part of that being being able to be creative in this, these outdoor spaces is to really know the area that you're, you're marketing in as well. You, you talked about putting those executions in somewhere that's very unique to Chicago like getting that understanding for the feeling of a place again that leads into authenticity again like if you if you show that a brand has got a connection with the place that it's marketing with the people it's marketing to then that adds that extra level of authenticity to it surely
1: yeah we pick the cities that we're in very carefully. We love the cities that we're in. We think about the audiences that we're speaking to, and we do that for our clients too. So we're able to use all different tools that help you reach specific demographics, psychographics within a neighborhood, again, to create real moments, to talk to people that you know want to hear from you. And going back to your retail point, there's been a lot of brands that we're seeing that are direct to consumer that some don't have storefronts. So you can use out of home to either drive them to your one location if you have one or none, or drive them online to have that kind of experience. And then your out of home ads become a replacement for a proper storefront. you've done that research if you know where your consumer is that's where intersection can help you marry your consumer marry their location try to perfect that message so you deliver to them the experiences the conversation the offerings that are going to help them exact that revenge get those moments of satisfaction that they want for the rest of the year
0: i suppose like a lot of people have got to be suffering from screen fatigue at this stage like people have got to be sick of experiencing the world through the screen so having these outdoor experiences to actually encourage you to go out and do the experience it's it's a relief to see something out in the real world and be surprised by it and be and enjoy it and just see it like on the street in a way that you might not you might get like that little rush of like serotonin when you're scrolling through like your instagram feed when you see something cool but when you see that on the street like people stop and stare when they see like a cute cat on the street if you do really (laughs) cool (laughs) <laughs> you do a really cool marketing activation it 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 has it's got to have a bigger effect on people's connections. that it's got to be more memorable surely
1: absolutely i you know my background is exclusively in publishing before i came to intersection so only magazines and i always say to people that the reason i went to magazines is cuz i thought it was so cool to see a brand's ad in a, in a magazine that was on a newsstand. I'm going through the airport. I pick up a magazine. This idea that I just talked to XYZ brand with is live and in color. And when I was making a transition out of publishing, what would be even bigger than that? How did I all of a sudden not reach a small audience of just, you know, whatever the demographic of the magazine were, but the whole city, that's what out of home offers you. And there is definitely something about the moment in time right now and, and the experience that you have when you're out of home. There was the same Harris poll that was talking about how people are spending their money, referenced something like 68% of consumers are experiencing digital fatigue. And that obviously, even without that number, we could have we could have guessed that. I probably would have guessed higher. We are on our Zoom all day long. We are then, I, I, I'm gonna just blame myself. Then we shut the Zoom and I'm on my TV. <laughs> even with my two kids screaming in the background, something's going on on my TV. I'm on my TikTok trying to see what these Gen Zers (laughs) are on Instagram. At some point you say to yourself, like when that, I I always like to reference when that report comes in on your iPhone that says your screen time report is available. (laughs) Like I feel terrible about myself, but on the flip side, 69% of consumers in that same survey survey, we're saying that they're noticing out of home ads more now than pre-pandemic. So that feeling of breath of fresh air, that feeling of walking away from the screen, finally looking up, looking at the world around you is more welcome than ever before.
0: And is it going to continue or is it just like sort of like a flash in the pan, little burst of like, oh, we're out of the pandemic and let's experience the world, but then it's all going to go back to normal. I'm I'm air quoting here for, I mean I hope none of us
1: I hope none of us go back to normal and I I say that because I do feel that people are appreciating the world in a different kind of way appreciating each other in a different kind of way and I I'm not so quick to give that back
0: I I think that's a that's a great note to to end on there Esther thank you very much um and, and I look I look forward to getting out and experience in the world a lot more. You enjoy that
1: freedom day. I hope it turns into (laughs) safe freedom week, freedom month, freedom year. Fingers crossed.
0: (laughs) Freedom forever, hopefully. Freedom forever. forever. Thank
1: you so much, Will. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, Esther. And uh, thank you to our audience. Uh, Thank you for listening. And we'll be back soon with more CMO combos.